Just a couple of quick announcements and then Wayne and I are going to share some thoughts with you this morning. Things we've been thinking about, 2024, big one. House church. House church, in case you're new this morning or new to new life, um, we have house church once a month. That's part of what we've started to do and we've been doing that for over a year now and really enjoying the blessing of gathering in homes and just sharing once a month. It's been really precious times. If you are new or if you weren't in a house church in 2024 and you would like to be, please email, and that's, it's actually in New Life News, but please send an email to info at newlifefremantle.com, okay? And we will help you get sorted on that. New Year's Day Sunrise Prayer Relay. What is that? <laughs> okay, so we're looking forward to seeing you all at 5am again tomorrow morning. It's fantastic, isn't it? So good to see the sunrise. How many of you like to see the sunrise? Really? Wow, I must be a strange breed. <laughs> oh, that's the best time of the day. Best time of the day, you guys. I'll see you there tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm thankful that uh, there are people uh, who, who have thought up this initiative. <laughs> and anyway, all across Australia. How about that? We're joining ourselves to something that's happening all across Australia. People are gathering at different locations um, when the sun rises. And for us here tomorrow, it's 5.08 a.m. to be precise but you have to be at South Beach where we have baptisms at 5 a.m. we're going to walk down to the beach and we're just going to pray we're going to pray in groups we're, we're just going to pray because our nation needs Jesus I mean the world needs Jesus and we're going to start the new year expressing our trust and our our faith and our hope that it's in Jesus for this yeah Okay, so I know it's going to be hard, but if you have an alarm, and I know you all do, um, <laughs> we'd love to see you. Um, and uh, there's a barbecue breakfast afterwards if you've got a sausage you want to cook. <laughs> um, so that's tomorrow. And there is also, by the way, at Monument Hill, there's a group gathering there at 4 a.m. So if you're that early, early bird type, you can go there at four, then you can come down to South Beach at five. But it's fantastic. There's also one north of the river that I've seen um, uh, emails going out for. Okay? So, you know, I mean, yeah, anyone can see the New Year, 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 year stay up till midnight, whatever, and they go, that was really hard. Um, but everyone, you know, everyone can get up at 5 a.m. too or be there at the beach at 5 a.m., and sometimes you can do both. Sometimes you can just go right through the night and make it an all-nighter, and it's wonderful. So if you're there in the morning, we'll be overjoyed to see you. <laughs> okay, and I think now it's time, Wayne. We've just got a few things we want to share with you. We do. Yeah. Great to see you all, and uh, want to say a special welcome to... Uh, to our guests who are with us this morning, it's great to have you, it's great to have everybody 
And we hope you'll all hang around for a bit of a chat afterwards. So we've got to get our skates on and get going. So uh, we want to start from a global perspective. So we've got, we've got a map of the world, which um, I'm sure most of you will struggle to read from that position. But you can, you know, most of you are familiar with, uh, with it, what it looks like. There is one continent that's missing. What, which one is it? Well done. Those of you that said Antarctica, Antarctica? top of the class. Those of Sorry. you that are following along at home, so all the geography students did that. So one of the things that... You um, probably have every continent represented here. That's, that's cool, isn't it? Okay, except oh. Antarctica. Who, no one was born in Antarctica, were they? Anyone no, no, born we, in Antarctica? We resolved okay. that already. So, born, born on the Australian continent, put your hand up. Born on Europe. South America. Yes. North yes. America. Yes. Africa. Come on. Yes. Yep. Woo, we did it. Asia. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> we just made wow. it, I think, didn't we? All right. Everywhere except Antarctica. So. We need to work on that. <laughs> oh. Now, uh, look, one of the things we want to highlight is uh, what Jesus says in Matthew 24. Mm. Do you want to highlight that or do you want me to? That there are yeah, that. continents? No, no, no. no. <laughs> so... Yeah, Jesus said in Matthew 24, when, Jesus, when the disciples were asking Jesus, what will be the signs of your return and the transition to the end of the age and to the age of the eternal kingdom in which you will rule and reign from Jerusalem? And Jesus listed off a number of signs, which included things like wars, rumours of wars, famines, earthquakes, extreme weather events, Volcanoes. Okay, those kinds of things. Now, uh, our screens are uh, filled with uh, pretty much, for the most part, we, we, don't, we don't follow through as, as human beings. And we'll just give you some examples of that um, because there's lots of people protesting about injustice which is a you know, reasonable thing to protest against. Uh, there are people that are protesting that some black lives matter, aren't they? That's what they're, that's what they're protesting, right? No, they're not. They're protesting that all black lives matter, but they don't. Okay, how many protests are there currently and have you seen going on for uh, the Sudan? How many of you are aware that there are more than 5 million people that have been displaced in the Sudan? There are um, 17 million people facing acute hunger in the Sudan. There are 19 million children out of school. And this has all happened since April of this year when conflict erupted um, in the Sudan. Uh, so where are the protests for the Sudan? Uh, many of you might have seen, some of you might have seen, uh, the Christians being killed in Nigeria in and around Christmas Day. Churches being bombed, people being executed. Where are the protests for the Christians being executed, the black Christians being executed in Nigeria? Where are the pro- you know that over 500,000 people have been killed in Syria? Where are those protests? 300,000 killed in Yemen. Where are those protests? Uh, all I'm saying is we're actually a hypocritical 
people. Some things matter to us more than others. Um, But Jesus said that these things are happening. Now, the reason why we wanted to put a map of the world up here is to point out, and I'll have to get a bit closer to see it, but see, from a biblical perspective, Israel, which is in here, is the epicentre of everything. All of God's activity. So when we say, when Jesus said there's going to be wars and rumours of war, and here we sit in Australia and we go, well, where's the war? We actually had a pretty substantial sort of internal war, if you like, this, this year in one way or another. But what we need to understand is we want to be looking at what's going on in here. So there's all sorts of things been going on in and around North Africa. Here's Sudan, for those of you who can see Sudan. Here's Nigeria over here. Um, no yeah it is isn't it did I get that right one down this one yeah that's it (laughs) need a higher resolution map with all those things so Egypt all these things Saudi uh, Syria is up here all these things Turkey what's going on Um, Turkey's quietly massacring the Kurds while throwing stones at Israel for genocide. Uh, so it's interesting that Russia, Russia's, uh, I don't know if you saw the media this morning, but Russia's called, a, called for a meeting of the UN Security Council. Why? Well, the Ukrainians bombed one of their cities and killed some people. Like, Vladimir's upset about that. They got a shot in. So all, of the, all I'm trying to say is we need to have an awareness, a bigger awareness than just what's going on. And um, that's, a, that's a key thing. So there's all sorts of conflict happening. So as we transition from 2023 and 2024, we wanted to go through some foundations. So I just wanted to say, Wayne, that um, as, we, yeah, as we go to that, we've... A little word about what happens for us as pastors here at New Life Church. So we've been praying, um, and we, we pray together, but we've been praying specifically about 2024 because also in Matthew 24, it talks about the good and faithful servant at the end of the chapter. And it describes the good and faithful servant as the one who looks after his household and actually gives them the proper food at the right time. Right? And so when we think about 2024, we're not just thinking, oh, this would be a really good teaching outline or this would be a great thing. Let's get a guest speaker. We're thinking, Lord, what is the time? What is the season? Because we need to prepare this small group of people entrusted to us and a few more who follow on the live stream Sunday after Sunday and a few more who hear via the grapevine at the school and a few more, whatever. You see, the Lord is looking to guide us, to guide all of us. Do you understand? to give that kind of direction because we want to hear his well done, good and faithful servant. We don't want to hear 
you did not give the right food at the right season. You, d- you didn't prepare. You didn't prepare your people. You didn't teach the word of God faithfully. You didn't, you know, you, you taught people what they wanted to hear. We don't want to hear that when, when we're face to face with the Lord. So we've been praying about the proper food for this season. And so all of that that Wayne's been sharing, that's part of our conversation. That's part of our prayer. We pray for these nations. We pray for what's happening in Israel. We pray for this flock. We pray for the school. We pray for this city because there's an entrustment. And we each have entrustment, right? Each one of us, mm-hmm. families, whatever, works, workplaces, different, different spheres of influence. And we want to be people who know what time it is. You know, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees because they, they weren't recognizing the time of his coming. His first appearing. They missed it completely. Mm. He says, and yet you call yourselves religious. You know the word. You know, you know, you know the Torah, but you don't know when the Messiah is in your midst. That's effectively what he was saying. So we want to be a people. We've said this many times. We call on the Lord to give us the same spirit as the sons of Issachar who understood that, that was one of the tribes of Israel who understood the season mm. and they knew what Israel should do in that season. And that's a great prayer to pray for yourself as well. That, and, our, and our prayer, I'll say right now, and our, and our intention and our hope and our confidence is that actually 2024, it, it won't just be the same old, same old for any of us but that our hearts will be gripped with an urgency as we are watching right, world events and more specifically, watch what's happening in Israel. If you want to know what time it is on God's clock, on his calendar, watch what is happening in Israel. Because of all the nations that God chose way back, way, way back, Tower of Babel, right? Distribution. Jacob, he chose for himself. And he's chosen. The prophets say it over and over. He has chosen them to be a light to the Gentiles. And Paul says, and if their disobedience brought life, resurrection life to us, i.e., They didn't recognize Jesus. He died on the cross, but his life, his body broken, became salvation for all who would receive him, right? And the apostles, the Jewish apostles took it out. If if their disobedience brought that, what on earth will their restoration and their reconciliation, what on earth will happen then? That's why we pray for the salvation of Israel. It is divorced from a political stance, can I just say. It is because God's covenant, he will be faithful to his covenant with Israel. And he's looking for people who will pray what is on his heart. Amen? Okay. So 2024 is not going to be life as usual. 
this decade has not been so far. When it hit the 2020s, it has not been life as usual. Mm. We got through COVID. The world now, it sounds like revelation, doesn't it? Famines, now it's war. Threatening war. What will 2024 hold? Can any of us be confident about that? So we want to look at what we can be confident about. And choose our choice. Our choice hmm. is to map our year according to that. To make choices, even what we do with our discretionary time, that is going to build a firm foundation. And that is going to equip us to be able to give food at the proper time. You understand? Okay, just wanted to explain that. It's good. Thanks, Jules. So, so we've called this little presentation Day Foundations. It comes from Matthew 7, uh, which as we're working through the Sermon on the Mount, we'll get to this. And it's the people, you've got a firm foundation if your life is built on obeying Jesus. That's what he said. Build your life on me, on obeying my teaching. You have a, you're going to be building on a rock and it's going to endure and last when the storms come your way. So uh, we want to quickly walk through our statements. So uh, thanks, Liz. You take over from now. Yeah, she's gone. Yep. So um, some of you have seen this before, some of you haven't. So just to quickly run through it, this is uh, some... People would say this is a vision mission statement, which it is, but we, wanted, we started first not with the vision that we have, but we try to capture what God's plan is. And God's got a plan to bring everything in heaven and on earth together under the leadership of his son. So we want to get on board with that plan. Our vision then is to be a people who are great commandment people, who love God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. And that overflows in love to our neighbours. And we want to be a people who are fulfilling, working towards fulfilling the great com- commission that Jesus gave to the very first disciples, which has been passed on to us, that we would be a community who make disciple makers. So, Julie, you want to take over and go yeah. a bit so more detail look, into God's plan? Um, the next God, slide, thanks, yeah. Liz. God's plan, right? Yeah. So God has, as Wayne said, that eternal plan that he's achieving. Um, Ephesians 1, 9 and 10. I don't know if you want to read that, Wayne. But um, that is his plan, to, to bring all things together under Christ. So we pursue the knowledge of that plan and participation in that plan. Um, we teach the Bible as God's story from beginning to end. And we celebrate the biblical festivals, the ones that God says he appointed and he gave them to Israel to celebrate because they connect us every year to that story. Right? It keeps us hooked in. Yeah. And, and we've just found that the sort of the, 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 the classic, what, what has become, I'm not saying it started that way, but the classic sort of Easter, Christmas message, it, it falls short. You know what I'm saying? It falls short of bringing the whole story, the richness of God's story as laid out in the biblical festivals. Each one points to Christ. So we've brought that into our, our calendar, and this is why. 
because we must teach his eternal plan as, as best we can. And they are his festivals. And they point to Jesus. He fulfilled every single one of them. He will fulfill completely even the ones that have not yet been fulfilled. So we uphold God's word as eternal, as a trustworthy path for wise living. That's what Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount. It is a trustworthy path for wise living. If you don't want to be shipwrecked, walk on this path. There's wisdom in it. Yes, and you do have to submit. Yes, you do have to wrestle with your rebellion. Yes, you do. But if you want to gain wisdom and if you want, I'm not talking about a life that doesn't have any pain or any crisis, but I'm talking about a life that is secure in Christ, then follow his commands. So we honor God's word as right and true equipping every generation of disciples to be prepared for his return as king. That's who we are. That's what we believe God's plan is. And, of course, the covenants to Israel, all of that comes into it because he's going to fulfill every promise he ever made. We want to know what those promises are. They pertain to his eternal plan and what he's going to do in the earth right now, what we're moving towards before he splits the sky and returns. One of the things we want to pick up this year is actually understanding more of, of the covenants that God has made with, with humanity through the different seasons mm. um, and, and to have a right perspective about those covenants and uh, which ones are continuing, which ones uh, have been altered through the cross, all of those kind of things. But when, you, when we understand this what God has actually covenanted itself, which is he's totally committed to doing this. And you look at what God has said is going to happen and you look at the world and you think, how, that's such a huge gap. How, God, are you going to close that gap? And that's, what, that's what, where worship and wonder comes in because we go, it is not possible for humans to pull this off. The United Nations, even if they were functional... Would not that group of people that meet in New York, they would not be able to pull off what God is going to pull off. And we will, and so we'll all stand in worship Him forever and ever. So we're going to, we're very thankful about that. Yeah, yes. Um, but you know, and we've talked a lot about Israel, but we're looking at the Middle East as well because God has made Mm. promises to the sons of Ishmael. Yes. That also should inform us and how we pray. So we want to know what are those promises Mm. that he's made Mm. to the sons of Ishmael so that we get on board with that. Yes. And we are people who pray that Mm. that also comes to pass um, and we're we're actually watching it now. It's it's happening if you're aware of how the Holy Spirit is being poured out right now in the Middle East, but it's going to increase. So 2024... All of that happens. It happens here once a week on a Sunday morning. It happens in house church. It happens in the prayer room. And I think that's something that's really on our heart. It is something that's on our heart. We, we have talked and prayed about this a lot. Is Because we know we can't do it. We can't, um, we can't pour out a grace 
for corporate prayer. We can't stir people to, to, to come and pray. But you know, if you will give God a chance, he will birth that love and desire in you to be in that place as he has done for many. And so we want to see prayer really increasing. And by the way, it's not just in the prayer room. And we're going to speak more about this in a few weeks. But husbands and wives covenanting together to pray daily. Families around the dinner table covenanting. Whatever your commitment is. Can I say, this is part of getting ready. This is is part of building firm foundations. And if you're by yourself, whatever, your, your situation is that you're just by yourself living at home and, and no one loves Jesus, just having that commitment to meet with him, to say, Lord, I'll be there. I know you'll be there. Help me to be there. <laughs> that kind of thing is what we're talking about. You see, because when you know what's going on, there must be a corresponding response to that. Jesus, well, God spoke through the prophets. He spoke through the writer in Hebrews. And one of the things he said that is very concerning is that he's going to shake everything that can be shaken. And actually he's going to start, discipline starts, where? In the house of the Lord. It's going to start with the church. He's going to do these things. That, that's not a word of knowledge. That's Bible knowledge. He's going to do that. He's going to have, the Father God is going to have for his son a pure and spotless bride. So we want to be getting ready for that. Our vision, Wayne? Yeah. So, is it? Oh, yeah. Also, oh, yeah. And there's Watchmen, there's Wednesday Wednesday Women, there's Youth and Children Activities and Ministries. There's Young Adults and Young Adults. Um, Wayne and I felt stirred over the December, uh, November, December, we want to spend some time with you. We had such a fabulous time with the interns this year that we want to spend some time with you. And that's kind of how the program's going to go this year. And we're going to have these little modules. And we'll be teaching you on Tuesday nights as part of our commitment to you to impart to you what we believe you're going to need. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, how do you cultivate passion for God? How do you cultivate compassion for people? Uh, some people you meet, they seem to have it naturally, don't they? Like, you meet them and they're they're just so lovely. You think, wow, these are amazing people. They're just able to love everybody. And there are some people who do have that kind of capacity. For the rest of us, we have to cultivate it. Uh, and, And for me, I've found the best way to cultivate it is by being with the God of all love. The one, he's the fountain. He's the, he's the one. So I come, I need to come to drink from him. Uh, on a daily basis in my house and the prayer room is a is a vital part of that Uh, coming to meet with him coming to be in his presence coming to have my spirit filled with him uh, my roots going deep into the soil of his love so that I can uh, live out and give away his love to other people and so and I and it's the first commandment in first place I've seen um, I've had friends who were pastors 
who are not no longer in pastoral ministry, they got burnt out. And part of the reason they got burnt out was because they lost the first commandment. They gave so much, they just kept emptying and pouring themselves into people, but they didn't go and have the corresponding time needed with the Father to fill their cup up with who God is. So then they ended up um, with nothing left for people. Their cup was empty, and then they became resentful that people weren't supporting them. Now, you might feel that yourself. And I want to say, if you're feeling that kind of resentment about, well, when is it my turn to get help? Or when is it my turn for people to care for me? I'm tired for caring for everybody else. That could be an indication that you've got the second commandment before the first commandment. And it's like, okay, I need to recalibrate that. I need to be in that place of soaking in his presence so that my cup is filled by him and then I can go and give away to other people. So cultivating this lifestyle of prayer and worship, it does really reduce anxiety. It does shift your emotions by being before the Lord in sustained times of prayer and worship. Uh, Whether that's, yeah, however long you need to do that. But... um, Carve out a time in the week. You want to carve out time every day to be with God. But I'd encourage you, as you look at 2024, see if you can carve out a two, preferably a three, maybe even a four-hour slot somewhere in the week to be undistracted in his presence, come into the prayer room. The great thing, can you pray at home? Of course you can pray at home. Can you worship at home? The great thing about the prayer room is it's a dedicated, set apart, another word for that is a holy space unto the Lord um, where the things that, when you're at home, if you and I know most of you are the same, when you're at home, you start well and then, and then you notice something in the house that you haven't done. Or you remember something and you think, oh, I'll just go and do that. And then that leads off and before you know it, all the time is gone and you're just like, oh. So bringing yourself into the physical prayer room where you you can still distract yourself. I've seen people do that. People who want to be distracted from God will be distracted from God. It won't matter where they are. But for others, it does be, it is a set apart space where you can we can be with him together so cultivating this and this is part of our witness to the wider world as well so this is this is for us but it's also part of the witness because in doing this it's part of the witness of the declaration that Jesus is worthy he's worth it he's worth sitting before he's worth carving out that time to be with him so it's got that double aspect to it. it. It's something, it fills us up and it's also a witness when we say to people, I'm, I can't see you at that time because I'll be in the prayer room, I'll be meeting with Jesus, but I can see you at this time and you offer them a different time slot. It's part of the witness of how much Jesus is worth. So we want to encourage you to do that. And then what that will overflow to is it cultivate it once we're now when we hang around on a consistent basis with the most loving and generous person or being that exists 
what do you think will happen to us? We will become loving and generous. You can't help but become like who you hang around with. Who you spend time with is who we become. So when we hang around and spend time with the most loving and generous being that exists, we will become loving and generous people. We will. And where many of us are on that journey, and we want to encourage you. Yeah, we want to be a safe that. place. That that love. Yeah. That good. that love that feels obedience, but it it, it also creates a safe place here for people who are brokenhearted, yeah. for the poor, for those who might look and sound different to us, even those who treat us unjustly. I don't know, the, the longer I live, the more aware of the compounding effect of trauma and the brokenness in people's lives I have become. And it, it saddens me that um, I've heard Christian counsellors say that they cannot recommend churches for some of their people because there just isn't an understanding and I think it's more than that I think it's we haven't realised how superficial our love is but people who are broken understand that it's superficial and you can only feel safe if you feel from the heart of a person, that warmth and that love. And I tell you, that is sustained through the Holy Spirit. That comes as a gift from God. And so let's keep on asking, hey, that God will form that kind of love in us. We can have a love that is, is humanistic. And it's, it's, it's good. There's nothing wrong with making choices to do kind things for people and love them. But what about when it costs us? You see, that's when we know, okay, how deep is my love? Sounds like a BG song, right? Do you remember that? Oh, just... How deep is your love, right? But how deep is your love? How deep is it really? That's a question. And that's a question the world is asking. Many people are asking that and they will only feel safe if they know they've come into a community or a family of people who truly love. We need his love. We need more. We need him to break in. Hmm. We need him to disciple us. We can't do this ourselves, but we can cry out for it and we can be willing. We can be willing to count the cost That's a, I guess that's what I dream of for a community of people. More love, Lord. More love. Your love. <laughs> More of your love. Mm. Yeah. And our mission, Wayne? Our mission is to make disciple makers, which means that for all of us to be able 
to enter into a relationship with someone who wants to know how to love and obey Jesus. And you, you won't, be called, you won't need to call me or Julie. You'll be, you will know how to do that. You'll, you'll, ha- you'll have some simple tools. And we've, we've equipped people in the past and we'll continue to do that again this year so that people can, you know, how to teach at least one other person. And so we've used a phrase called Disciple One and we've established Disciple One groups which with the simple process and format of this is how you can start to meet with someone and here's how you can begin to work through the Bible with them in a way where you don't have to have all the answers. No one, none of us have all the answers but we're able to Disciple One and you want to be able to set that, you want to be able to help that person become a disciple of Jesus so that they can help someone else become a disciple of Jesus. And so it goes on through that um, multi-generational cycle, if you like, of we're actually learning how to do this. Now, parents, your first port of call is your children, to disciple them. To, but to, Not just to disciple them, but to disciple them so that they can disciple others. Now, that's going to be age-appropriate discipleship. Okay, but you can begin, um, children can begin in primary school to begin to know how to share Christ and, and do some simple Bible things with primary school students in their classes. And I think we've already got some happening as well. I think we've already got some primary school students yep. that, um, that disciple their friends. Gather at lunchtime. Yeah. Talk about Jesus. And we know we've got high school students that are doing that as yeah, well. And we've got youth workers that go into the school and help in that process as well. But the goal is that all of us will be able to do that because we want to be ready for that for a time if it emerges in our nation where, we, where it would be impossible or illegal for us to meet like this. But you'll all be able to feed yourself. You'll be self-feeders. Right? And you know how to feed someone else. You know how to teach someone else how to feed as that's well. That's what the Bible says is wisdom. Mm. That's, what, that's what wisdom is. And the wise will shine like stars in the heavens. So that's what Daniel said. Those mm. who are wise will shine like stars in the heavens, leading many to righteousness. Mm. Because when there's a panic in the earth, people are looking for where is, no, where is the person who's not panicking. Let's... Yeah. Go sit under their tree, right? And it's a, it's that's another thing. So as we um, as we just wrap up, I just Go want to, to remind you that um, just to finish with the start of COVID, mm-hmm. we we brought a verse to you. Can you remember where it was? I'll give you a clue. It was from Jeremiah. Does anyone remember the verse? We repeated it. We repeated it a few times over the three years. Which one? Stand at the crossroads, that one. Jeremiah 6, 16. Stand at the crossroads and look. We felt this is what God was saying when COVID started, you know. Like, okay, ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Now, Jeremiah speaks this into Jerusalem's trouble. And really, back at the start of 2020, didn't look like that much trouble, a little bit. 
And then it became more troublesome, dividing people over what governments were doing and not doing, and you, you know the scoop. And God really clearly spoke to us about the issue of love, actually. <laughs> what does it mean to love one another in disagreement? What does it mean to love your neighbor when you're disagreeing with your neighbor? I'm talking about the person in your street, let alone the person in your church, over these issues of, above all else, choose love. And it showed, really, that we, had a long, we have a long way to go in this. And here we are, the end of 2023, and the world seems to be just being torn up by wars everywhere, wouldn't you say? Conflict. Conflict. Division. Yeah. Ethnic, racial. Suffering. Hmm. Suffering. Wars yeah. bring suffering. And the Lord is still saying, as he spoke to Jerusalem before they were besieged, ask now for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. Walk in that way because there is where you will find rest for your souls. This foundation, the wisdom that God has to give us, it's real. But we want to call you up to pursue it, even to look at your life in 2024 right now. Does it look exactly the same as it did this year in the sense of the schedule, the pace, the hurry, the this, the that, everything that you're committed to up to the eyeballs? Do you think you can actually respond to a text like that and make no adjustments in your life? Because if you do, we're going to get to the end of 2024. We could pull out this same message and say the same thing again because not a lot would have happened to get you prepared. You see, wisdom is understanding the season and knowing what to do. And so we challenge you as people, as families, as young men and women and older men and women that we love we challenge you to take this seriously because we don't know what is going to come in 2024 and 2025. The question, what we do know, is that the Lord has promised that to those who pursue him with all of their heart, he will be found by you. You will know him as a strong foundation. You will have wisdom on your lips, you will know what to do. And that's really what we wanted to share. That's, that's our heart. That's what we believe. And that's what we will be moving towards as we all move into 2024. You can expect to hear these challenges from us. Not just here. Hmm face to face one on one yeah yeah but just to go back to what we said at the beginning about Jesus promise in the sermon on the mount was uh, it's obedience to his word that means that we're building our lives on rock the storms are going to come the floods are going to come the winds all those things they they're, they're coming many of you know that you already experienced it and you know that it's in from building on that foundation of obedience to Jesus, 
that is what enables your life, your family to stand secure in when those, when those troubles come. Such an important thing. We want to do that. So Yeah, and as we close this morning, we're going to sing, actually going to sing that, the ironic blessing. The Lord Amen. bless you, keep you, be gracious to you, to your family, each generation. But you know what? There's a corresponding response that the Lord is, is looking for. It's not just some, you know, sprinkling over all and sundry. It's a priestly blessing that was spoken out on the nation of Israel who saw themselves and knew that they were called to be a priesthood set apart to serve God. And Peter echoes that and he says, we are a royal priesthood. We are those of us who are not Jews, but we're grafted in. We are a royal priesthood. We're a priesthood. And so we want to sing that this morning and... If you would like to receive prayer, maybe it's, it's just, maybe you just want to come and stand at the front and say, Lord, I, I want that. I want, I want my life to be consecrated. I want my life to be set apart. The start of 2024, Lord, I'm making that commitment. If that's your commitment, just come right now. Come right now. Let's just stand in the front. If you've been stirred about that this morning, we want to pray for you to be strengthened in that commitment see the Lord wants to be Lord of all in our lives he wants to be the one that we submit to he wants to be the one above all else but we bow our knee to him yeah so let's let's sing that John we're just going to come around and pray. And just pray a blessing. That blessing on you that the Lord has heard and seen. He knows your heart. That he would release a grace upon you to rise in 2024 to the calling that is in proportion to his grace and in proportion to what he knows 2024 is going to bring because only he knows. The Lord bless you. Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace.